0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Today's episode is sponsored by TriVegan, a meal delivery plan that is 100% heart-healthy, plant-based, made without gluten, oils, or refined sugar. All customers receive eight meals and two sides for only $100 plus $9.99 shipping. They offer an exciting new menu each week that are shipped out on Mondays. Based in New Jersey, TriVegan delivers north to Vermont, south to Maryland, west to Pennsylvania, includes all major cities such as New York and Philly. There's no contractor commitment, and you all, my audience, can save 25% off your first order. Promo code, capital L, capital Y, capital T, capital Y, yoga. That's lit yoga website is tryveganmealprep.com. Vince is a friend of mine. He is an amazing human being and I have this myself. This saves me time and energy and I get these delicious, delicious homemade meals delivered right to my doorstep. So try vegan yourself. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga. From my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement, my mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Wednesday Q&A. You ask questions and I answer. First question up, Ashfa Leila. Hi, Laura. I have carpal tunnel syndrome. What is your advice for yoga physicians? Thank you so much. Well, carpal tunnel is a bummer, and I'm sorry you have it. The first thing I'd ask you is, you know, how long it's been going on? Has it improved? Um, do you do any stretching? What is your daily life like? So your daily life is really going to what set you up for carpal tunnel. So carpal tunnel is when you have numbness, tingling, pain around your wrist, and there is a tunnel of nerves and tendons and um, that come through this very small area at the wrist. And so if you do something repetitive, like typing in particular, so a lot of people who type all day will get carpal tunnel, you know, writers or um, receptionists and the like, were the always people we would see with carpal tunnel. And now with many more people working on the computers, much more of the time, we're seeing a lot more so it's a repetitive activity like that where your wrist is flexing and doing it over and over again. And in addition to that repetitive activity, when you do anything repetitively, not only are you setting yourself for overuse and strain, but you also, more likely than not, are not strong enough in those muscles that are being um, plate, having demand placed on them. So the first thing I would do is figure out your work station situations so that you can better position your wrist so that they aren't in that kind of extended position all day and then flexing, flexing, flexing. Uh, You want a neutral wrist and you want to type with a neutral wrist as much as possible so you're not going from extended to flexing, extended to flexing. The second thing I would do is make sure that you're stretching your wrist, that you're doing an appropriate amount of wrist stretching. And you can go to my website and look at every the beginning of every single class, we stretch the wrist out. Why? Because you need to prepare your wrist for weight bearing in yoga. One of the biggest complaints people will have when they have not been, if they're not used to being on their hands, is it hurts my hands and it hurts my wrist. We have to repair the hands for weight bearing if you aren't used to putting weight on them. So you need to stretch the wrist out. You need to stretch an extension. But you then need to also strengthen the wrist in flexion, but also kind of isometrically. So holding your wrist in extension and then putting weight on it. So strengthening the the musculature of the forearms is going to be really, really important to help uh, prevent and then help heal your carpal tunnel. So somewhat paradoxically, when you have a carpal tunnel, a lot of times actually weight bearing will improve it unless you're in like on a very cute phase of it where it just feels really, really bad to put weight on it, Um, putting weight on it will help the remedy for it and over time, hopefully help it go away. So the main thing I would say is prepare your wrist for weight-bearing and then do weight-bearing during the yoga class, and then take any breaks that you need to. Shake out your wrist, restretch them during the yoga class, make sure you continue to stretch them during the day. And I mean, this is a very short answer to a more complex question but or or answer, but you also really need to pay attention to what your shoulders are doing. So if your shoulders are out of alignment, they are going to put an asymmetrical load on your elbow and on your wrist. So getting your shoulders strong, getting your shoulders in a good optimal position. And that often, you know, these all go hand in hand. If you're working a lot at the computer, you're more rounded in the shoulder typically. So your back of the shoulders are weaker. They aren't able to hold the scapula, the the kind of footing for the arm in place. And then that load goes down into your wrist. So you have to work the entire chain there from, from the ground up all the way into where the scapula meets the rib cage. And again, in all of my classes, we work on all of this stuff because uh, creating this form of yoga method was done very, very intent- intentionally from a physical therapy standpoint. I, I thought of from start to finish every possible thing we want to accomplish for a very well-rounded movement experience. And that includes weight bearing and that includes preparing the body for weight bearing. That includes finding a neutral scapula, holding your um. Scapula in a neutral position. Working on your scapula stability. Working on your shoulder range of motion. Your thoracic spine range of motion. Your hip mobility. Working on your core. Working on your posture. It's a lot. It's a tall order for every class, but you really have to look at the whole picture. So even though we'll have an issue somewhere, say like carpal tunnel, or say you know meniscus, like a knee. Um, Injury. We have to look at everything because everything contributes to it in some way. Yes, some targeted areas contribute more, but um, we can't think of the body in pieces except to 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 talk about it that way, so it's easier. But then really have to look at the full integration of everything. Okay, get off my pedestal, (laughs) keepers twenty two. What are your thoughts on shifting hips back in triangle pose? Well, I am not a big proponent of triangle pose. I know it's a big uh popular pose in many vinyasa classes and other classes. Iyengar, I know it's like the third or fourth posture in the Ashtanga series. I used to like triangle. And the reason I don't really like it now is that it is an asymmetrical load for the sacroiliac joint, the low back, and it I feel like whatever we could get In triangle pose, we can get better and more optimally in another pose. I just feel like there's too many things to account for that people don't really, can't really often do in the way that I like them to. And I always look at a pose with a cost, you know, cost benefit. And so what is the cost? What's the benefit? And for triangle, I think there's just many more costs than there are benefits. Some people love triangle. And if you love triangle, I would just ask you, why, why do you love it? Do you love how it feels on your upper, that that side body that's on the top? So for people that are not sure about triangle, just imagine your feet are parallel about hip, hip distance apart, and then you turn your left foot facing left, and then you just slide your left hand down. And, and you know, in more traditional settings, you'd go as far as you can. You might use a block, but you're sliding your left arm down your leg close to the shin or ankle and trying to hold the left leg as straight as possible. And then the right arm, you go straight up. And then of course, in really traditional yoga, you would look up at the ceiling. So uh, there is a load of your entire torso going with gravity toward the floor over that left leg. So you're going to feel a very big stretch in your left hamstring and some of the adductors, the inner thigh muscles. And then a big stretch along your right side body, the body that's up Uh, that's on the top end and it can be a lovely feeling Um, the issue is coming out of that and going into it and then even some in some ways holding it in position you have that asymmetrical position of your sacrum and it can really load the tissue on the right side that upper side so definitely that whole idea of shifting your hips back is probably not something i would advise in that pose And if you're going to do any version of triangle, I would much prefer you keep your pelvis neutral, bend your front knee, and then slide your hand on the inside of that leg, but not necessarily going super low and just going for that same idea of a side stretch. But now your knee is bent. You have a lot more protection around the pelvis. Once that knee straightens, you're putting the hamstring at a a longer uh, length-tension relationship, and there's this property called length-tension relationship, which is you know how long the muscle is and the, the ability for it to stay contracted at that range uh, to generate force um, in the contraction. So it's anything at its in more end range loses the ability to generate good force. So it's not in its optimal length-tension relationship. So you're, anytime you're in that range, you're in more, you're more likely to be in a range of injury. So by bending the knee, you're taking that element out of it completely. And you're also really grounding through the legs more so you can control any of that space opening up the top right side. So I hope that answers your question. I would not shift the hips back and I would not shift them back with a straight front leg for sure. Jay Leos asks, hey, Lara, do you upload any music playlists that we can use for our lit yoga practice? Yes, I do. I have Spotify playlist. It's Lara Hyman, and I probably have about 80 playlists on there. And what I've started to do, I do this in my virtual classes um, for my studio, but I've started to do it on my lit daily as well, is tell you ahead of time, give you a suggestion for a playlist. You honestly could try any of my playlists out. They all have a general kind of theme and thematic building. So one is similar to another in terms of, you know, it's starting off with a certain amount of tempo and syncopation and And vocals, and then it builds. So all of them are similar in that way, even though they're quite different in terms of the music. So they're all really fun. I love making playlists. I feel like I'm kind of like a DJ. I've been doing that for since I was in college. I when I made playlists for my aerobics classes, and it was always such a great time. And I would actually work with some DJs on it. All right, next question, Alex Alexis Lynn. 625. Can you consume animal products and still be an animal advocate? Well, I mean, I don't know. Can you? (laughs) So when anybody asks me a question about animal products and what do I think about this or that, you know, ultimately I ask, how does it resonate with you? So I thought I was an animal advocate and I was, you know, for many, many years. And I loved animals and I, I was always advocating for them. I was doing things with my mom at an early age, going to the shelter and handing out pamphlets and protesting fur and seal clubbing. And, you know, and we always, you know, walked the dogs at the shelter and, you know, all the things. And my mom would give great talks about uh, the importance of spaying and neutering and so it's always and we all loved animals. And we stopped eating animals. We stopped eating animals uh, We became vegetarian in high school. And but I continued to eat animal products in the form of dairy and eggs and occasionally a fish, you know, like a pescatarian. So I believed at the time I was a very strong advocate of animals. And then I learned more that I, in fact, was was continuing to not only harm animals, but do it in a way that was probably in some ways more egregious because of the number of animals. So then it, by eating eggs and by consuming dairy, I was actually really harming animals at a much greater scale in some ways because the dairy cow, uh, cows have to be impregnated many, many times. And then when they no longer can, kind of they're burnt out and literally they're basically almost unable to walk. Then they're killed for you know some kind of low grade meat. But they've had seven eight babies stripped away from them in the meantime and that's happened and so so a really horrific and cruel existence and then with the chickens you know of the nine or of the 10 billion animals that are killed a year nine of them are chickens and they are kept in atrocious conditions and so here i was consuming eggs and having dairy and thinking i was like not killing an animal so wasn't i great once I learned the truth about the treatment of these battery hens and the, the cows, I, 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 could not, I could no longer participate in that. So I think the answer is, what is going to sit with you in terms of consuming animal products? I could no longer, like literally overnight, and I've seen people who were omnivorous who overnight became vegan, and a lot of it has to do with they learned the truth. We are not told the truth. We are, in fact, probably manipulated and lied to because it's it's hard to know the truth. It would be hard to know uh, growing up. Hey, that milk that you're consuming came from a mother cow whose baby was taken, and when the baby was taken, the mother mourned and and wailed, and then she was impregnated again, and she, this happened over and over again. And in the meantime, she had these contraptions that were attached to her um, nipples and that was painful and over and over again, like that would be a hard sell for somebody to, you know, learn about that. And, you know, so I, like many people thought, Oh, I mean, I, you know, here I am a biological anthropology and anatomy major from, you know, a great university. And I still thought, Oh, the, the cows just has to be milked. You know, I, I, and, and why did I think that that shows you the absolute power of, the marketing that, that these cows just, oh yeah, that we don't, if we don't, you know, pump their milk, then they're going to be engorged Well, they don't, wouldn't have milk in the first place if they didn't have a baby, a baby was involved. So for me, that was just earth shattering. So I simultaneously felt like, how in the heck did I get to this age and not ever put those two points together? And then going forward, how could I, you know, as much as I loved cheese. And so everybody can be like, oh, well, I love cheese. Well, if you really love animals, you cannot, you can't eat cheese. In my opinion, if you really care about it, if you are a feminist, I I, I don't think you can eat cheese. In my opinion, that doesn't mean I'm not going to love you if you eat cheese. I have lots of friends who love cheese. This is from my perspective. I could not be a feminist. I could not be an animal advocate and continue to eat these products that were taken from animals who love and care for their, their young, just like we do, that we just don't communicate the same way. But that doesn't mean that they don't have the same feelings that we would have if our babies were taken away. So that's a long-winded answer. And I could talk a lot more about it. I just would say, what is what does it feel like for you? I can tell you what it feels like for me. Does it feel like you can consume animals and be an advocate I see plenty of people who do great advocacy work with animals. And I will say a lot, like if you look at the people who, who foster companion animals, cats and dogs, these are incredibly passionate people. And quite a few of them are not even vegetarian, much less vegan. I've been to events where you're raising money for shelters and they are serving, you know, sirloin steak. So to me, that is like so incongruous. I just I don't even know what to say but it happens. So I think a lot of it is how much do you know? How much do you care about what you know and and can it can you live with the any inconsistencies? And you know, I'm not saying it's not going to be hard sometimes. Maybe it's, it was never not hard for me because my values are always stronger than someone's opinion. <laughs> so my values are stronger than if someone were to think that I was going to be an inconvenience having at a party or having come over or having my children come Like to me, I, I guess I'm very clear. Like if somebody would have an issue with that, that's not my problem. So I think that people make it really hard because they're like, well, you know, my mom doesn't like that I'm eating this way or none of my friends eat this way or on and on. I'm not saying that's not a challenge, but hard. No. Hard is like not living by your values. Hard is turning your eye away from the truth, in my opinion. So there you go, Alexis. I hope that helped you. So I would say if, uh, and so that's the whole thing. If somebody asks you, you can give them your opinion and anybody out there can totally disagree with me because I'm not going to take away from the fact that there's amazing people who are doing so much work for animals and yet they might also be eating other animals. So that it doesn't take away from that. But in my opinion, it'd be really hard to be inconsistent. It just would. Okay. I think that's, we'll end on that note because we covered some good stuff there. I'd love to hear your opinion about whatever I talked about today and more. Feel free to write me at lara at com. And as always, I'm pulling for you. I know we're all going through a lot right now and, and let's keep um, moving together And being kind to each other, it's hard when we're feeling a lot of feelings, but let's feel the feelings but not take it out on each other in any way that won't serve us all. Because we all we are all in this together for sure. All right, lots of love.